Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Stories from the Pack brought to you by Wall Sandcast. Richard Hobbs here and we've got a slightly different um, approach on today's episode. It's the first one we've done where we're not interviewing just one person, but we're interviewing two. Uh, so joining me on today's episode, I'm joined by uh, Chris and Louise Cobbold. Chris, Louise, how are you both today? Yeah, great, thanks. Yeah, really good. Doing surviving lockdown. Our kids are a bit older, so they're fourteen and twelve. So homeschooling's not too bad for us, thankfully. Hence the oh, reason we can come out and do this now. So I was going to say that's in my studio, away from them. <laughs> so, Chris, are you sort of having to uh, be a teacher that. as well at the moment? Then? Oh, sorry, Siri thinks we're speaking to him. Sorry. So, are you having to sort of be a teacher as well at the moment, Chris? While Louise, uh, while Louise paints, or are you sort of both kind of having to juggle it at the moment? Yeah, it is. Do you know what? That's not far out, actually. Louise spends sort of most, I'll say a good number of hours each day out in her studio painting. And for me, I'm kind of um, yeah trying to keep the businesses around that going, but also um, yeah making sure the kids aren't fighting or <laughs> making sure they're getting on with their work, etc. So, But they're, they're pretty decent, to be fair. So it's I think compared to some, yeah, we can't complain. Really. Compared to some who've got young, youngest homeschool kids, or even toddlers or babies, whereas actually you're quite isolated. I think we've got it pretty good, really. No, definitely. Um, as we do on stories from the pack, the aim is to learn a little bit more about um, fans' journey as a Wolves fan, where it kind of started and where it's taken, and also how they've channeled their passion um, for supporting the club. So I was really keen to sort of get you guys on because. Uh, incidentally sort of when we were chatting before the recording quite a few sort of interesting tidbits came out from that but um what we'll do is we'll almost go right back to the start of when you initially became a fan of the club um so chris when when did it sort of all start for yourself was it family orientated what what kind of um got got you hooked i guess yeah so for me it's um probably slightly different to some wolves fans on the basis that we live two and a half three hours away um sort of between Ipswich and Cambridge in Suffolk and um and it was my dad's my dad's not from Northampton either but it happened to be the first FA Cup final he watched on TV 1960 and it happened to be Wolves and so even though he's from Suffolk as well my dad Keith um yeah basically he he that was where he got his bug and always sported them from then and then for me in 1983 I actually managed to somehow find this programme, but from 1983, uh, Boxing Day, um, I was the, so that's the actual programme, it's a Portman Road, with Ipswich okay. local team, Yeah, 40p incidentally, um, and yeah, inside basically it's got Wolves mascots for the day, which is me and my brother, and oh, then cool. managed to dig out a press, a press piece as well, which is um, myself and my brother at the front, and then myself running out. That was, uh, yeah, yeah, that was, it was local Suffolk paper, but um, yes, myself and my brother Andy running out, he's the older one at the front, um, and at that day, sort of with Mel Eves and Jeff Palmer, they were sort of two wow. people, so um, I think I've got, there you go, so that's myself and Andy with um, with Mel Eves. Oh, fantastic. So, and, and interestingly, we saw him. Not I've so... met Nellie's recently, and I really wanted to uh, reenact that photo, but Chris wouldn't do it, would you? <laughs> no, I was a bit, I was a bit sort of shy to do that. But it was quite weird. And then also went and told, showed Jeff Palmer this picture uh, as well. Um, oh, okay, sort of a handshake of this middle picture. Yeah, and obviously they're pictures that these guys have never seen because there are photos, not yeah. theirs. And so that, that was probably my first sort of memory, even though I was probably five, six at the time. But actually, there is a memory slightly before that, 
which I think I was about four at the time. So it's 1981, which is a picture of myself and my brother um, with Emlyn Hughes at the old Wolves training ground. Okay. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, so so for me, it kind of stretches um, right back to then. There's, there was also a time where, um, I, I can't remember this, but this is from my parents, where we met Derek Dugan, who was my dad's Steve Ball growing up, I guess. Yeah. And, um, and Derek Dugan called me Joe 90 because I had these really unfashionable uh, national health glasses. And so, yeah, no, Joe, Joe, you might not know Joe 90, I'm guessing you won't, but it was kind of like a 60s I, I can sci-fi picture, thing. I can picture the glasses. But yeah, my yeah. Dad, I know my I think, dad had a, uh, a, a similar prescribed pair, a v- very thick. Um, body holly, kind of. Yeah. That's it. And so, yeah, so for me, for, for me, um, from there as a family, my dad also um, ran a Suffolk Wolves bus for a few years, sort of under the, the Graham Taylor and Mark McGee time. So we didn't used to go up to every game. We used to go up to quite a few games over the years there as well. Okay, wow. It's re- really interesting because I think a lot of the people we've probably had come on before us, I mean, have, have pretty much exclusively been in Wolverhampton and grown up in Wolverhampton. Their match day ritual would be very much you get on the bus um getting to the center of town sort of thing and that's very much not the case with yourselves and sort of mm-hmm. it, i find it fascinating that you've almost i guess kept that passion almost at a lot uh, you know that long distance relationship up for you know the, the last sort of 30 40 years essentially yeah it's it's i think i think the thing is and you'll know i mean whether you're from wolverhampton i mean i remember um odin i think he won wolves fan of the year last year and he's in norway and he's got a museum dedicated yeah. to wolves and people like that so you know there's lots of as we've found with your artwork there's lots of um obviously wolves fans all over the world but yeah as we found as well when my dad run the stuff at wolves a few out this way as well so mm-hmm. i was gonna say i think uh, whenever you go on holiday abroad or even in the uk uh, no doubt uh, we joke about it in the fan cast quite a lot You'll always bump into someone in a wolf's top somewhere. Doesn't matter if yeah. you're in Spain, yeah. Cornwall, Lake District, wherever. There'll, there'll always be another one knocking about. Yeah, partic- you'll find them particularly if you go out wearing your shirt. I've I've yeah. done that a couple of times, and even where we live, uh, they'll come over and and sort of introduce themselves uh, as a wolf's fan as well. So. interesting i was gonna say i'd be fascinated i think wolves are almost the perfect size club for that sort of relationship with other fans because you know if you're any bigger um you know even if you're talking you know back in the 90s let's say if you if you are one of the mega clubs like a man united or liverpool there's so many of them if you see somewhere in a liverpool top and you're another liverpool fan you're almost not blinking Mm, on And yeah. if you're sort of too low, and let's say Tramway, I don't know why I'm going for like a Merseyside Northwest one with this, but there's always too little of them. So I guess like the Wolves, the Derbies, the Forests, those sort of middle, you know, upper championship at that point, yeah. lower Prem, you know, I feel like it's always really nice sometimes just bump into people like uh, like that, especially sort of when in places you're not necessarily uh, familiar with. I mean, we talked about you, you you were a mascot sort of way back when. I mean, and how that kind of, I guess, ignited a bit of a passion from your dad. Was it incidentally when you were showing me, when you sort of um, said about 1960 and you were sort of flicking, I looked behind me because incidentally, I've actually got the uh, 1960 program behind me. Oh, um, wow. framed up. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I was going to say, I can move my camera a little bit. It's uh, just just that one there. My brother got it me for Christmas instead. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I was going to say, it's a... Uh, funny you mentioned that game i mean uh, for, for yourself i mean apart from i guess that sort of 
early sort of few years and you mentioned sort of Sherpa Van uh, final um, sort of before recording. I, I mean, do you have any sort of, I guess, sort of idyllic memories of it, of the kind of a club when you're supporting them, whether it's sort of kits or, you know, I was going to say balls or even the players or who we kind of, I guess, what were your sort of most notable things supporting Wolves growing yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Especially if you're not. Going back, it's, yeah. that's more your kind of area of that's expertise. It. So, yes, yeah, so it's kind of, like, it's, it's interesting actually, because you were talking earlier about match day routines. And, yeah. And we and, and even though obviously we come further away, we still had match day routines. And so, so for us, it's kind of um, probably used to set off, um, I don't know, by eight o'clock in the morning, I guess, to get to um, Wolverhampton. Because we always wanted to be in Wolverhampton. And with the M6, you never quite know if you're going to come across an issue. But we wanted to get to Wolverhampton by about midday. So we had a favourite chippy, um, had a favourite chippy, which I don't think is there now, actually. Um, but we also used to go and get, pick up, I don't know if you've ever seen these, but this was the... Um, a load of ball, fans yes, teams. yes. So that, for me, was, that was a huge part of our um, routine. And we used to love the contributors and everything. Just, I don't know, just different, I suppose it's almost fan cast like really in terms of different angles on the game, not just the, what happens no, on the pitch. I was going to say a load of ball. Uh, definitely if, um, I think it's Charles Ross used to sort of do a lot of That's contributing right. work to it. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to get him on here for, for, for that sort of very reason, because, you know, fanzines were such a big thing not a million years ago. And, mm. you know, in, in a way, thing, things like podcasts and blogs have over sort of taken them in a way. But, you know, they were such a, you know, you had the match day programmes, which are, you know, the official kind of club endorsed thing, which mm. uh, gr- growing up, I, I got I got one every week. Um, even when I was a season ticket holder, you know, and almost you just get into that routine as we save it. That's um, my brother Andy, who was the program collector. I think he's got I, a lot of them as well. I was going to say, were you a bit more of a load of ball? Cause, I say because it always provides something different, which is always quite. Well, it's um, a bit like in a way. It's, it's the, quite a lot of humour in there. It's a bit like the cartoons, the cartoons on the front and stuff. I mean, there's, there's a few here, but they they remind me very. I don't actually know if you did them, but they remind me of the guy Bob Lawton, who does does a lot of Walls related cartoons now. They're just quirky angles on what's going on in the world's world. But actually, it's quite clever. Do you know what I mean? It's quite clever to be able to angle artwork. I suppose it's it's like Banksy-like a little bit in the sense that it's kind of like it's looking at different angles on stuff and trying to bring something that evokes thoughts and, mem- you know, thoughts and memories. So, so that was a, you know, load of ball was a big part of our routine. But in terms of players and kits, my fir- one of my first kits well, was obviously the... Um, I don't know if it's actually pictured. It had been, the, was it a Teton one in the program? Um, yeah, it didn't have a sponsor on, but it would have been, it would have been that one, which oh, was a. Uh, yeah, mm. so Louise did like a shirt painting for Steve Plant, which is like capturing wolf shirts, home shirts over the years. But that was probably my first shirt. In terms of the first ones I remember, would have been things like the store distribution with the the Sherpa van type one, yeah. where you had the the stripes, but kind of different shades of orange. Yeah. So that, yeah. and that would have been bull nine on the back. Oh, yeah. See, this is another thing that uh, has sort of cropped up while I've been doing this in terms of getting a name and number. And uh, there, there is very much, I say a generation, people who are over the age of, well, 30. If you are having a number on the back, it was nine. If you have a name on the back, it was almost certainly nine as well. Do you know, I did, I did make the mistake, and I've probably learned from this with my son's shirts over the years when choosing numbers, because I do remember having a Friedman 10 when Dougie okay. Friedman played for us. And that yeah. was the... That was the shirt um, 
that we saw Robbie Keane make his debut for Wolves uh, okay. 2017 at Norwich. Hmm. It's where he got he, you know, two really good goals, very different goals, and did a flip for his second one. And um, but it was the white shirt with with kind of like green, like a green collar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that one I bought, which had Friedman, um, Friedman ten on the back, and he went quite quickly actually. And um, and so yeah, I have to be careful. I think my my, my niece um, Sophie, she had Catroni ten recently on her back as well. Do you know what I mean? So. But Josh, my, my lad, had sometimes at the moment he's got a Raul nine and a Neves eight on two different shirts. My daughter Amy has Jota, um, oh, yeah, Jota. Jota on the back. Um, same sort of example. Um, but Josh also for a few years had Cobold, and then his age didn't he? Like says Cobold five, Cobold six, just each year. That, that, that's that is a very solid way of doing it, and you know you can't necessarily same. go wrong, can you? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was say it's interesting. So um, you mentioned sort of your children, sort of you mentioned your sort of Suffolk based, but um, you've sort of very much passed on the uh, the fandom of Wolves onto them as well. Then, yeah. So Josh, yeah. so Josh, Josh in particular is 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 a yeah he's he's a big fan. But probably my nephew Harry is a bigger fan. And what I mean by that is Josh will watch the games on TV, mm. whereas my brother and his two children Sophie and Harry they tend to travel up when they travel to games all four of them go whereas of, of he, late. he prefers to sit and watch the matches and you know his own comfort of his own house well I mean we've there's probably been opportunities for him to come with us to Wolverhampton but he, he much prefers just sitting at home so he is a fan but he's not I wouldn't say uh, an avid he's not a diehard yeah yeah. No. I, yeah I call him a fair weather fan sometimes which is a bit harsh because he, he literally is he does love walks but at the same time I think the distance we are away he so doesn't like the journey so if I live locally we'd have a season ticket do you know what yeah. I mean but but actually for, for years he's played football as well on a Saturday afternoon so other than the last two years where I mean Josh Josh was a mascot wasn't he um, Twice. I don't know so when he was younger um that was a code to Yeah, in 2015. Yep. Um, this was before really my involvement with Wolves when uh, I wasn't really particularly interested. Uh, I only went to maybe a couple of games and that being one of them where he was a mascot. Um, with George Savile walking out with George Savile. Yeah, Ipswich, when they played Ipswich. Um, where a second time he walked out, which was the Everton opening game of when Wolves first came back, you know, not first, but when they most recently came back to the Premier League, he walked out with Matinho. Yeah, so sort of I was going to say, to I was gonna say that, is, that is a good upgrade, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it sort of echoes the journey, I guess, that Wolves had been on. I'd, I'd say that game is probably my most memorable or one of the more notable ones, that particular game, because... Josh was a mascot and it was the first game of the season they were in the premiership and it was the game where um my my artwork for the program was um first seen so, was so that, that was quite a special um day that was the Cody and Ricarlison so you had you so had, I was really excited to see that so you had your art on the cover and Josh's mascot yeah on the so that, that was a really I think they won for me over the years I think in terms of players it would have been the likes of um Julian Lescott John DeWolf yeah he was he was very very good growing up probably um Dean Richards yeah yeah I was going to say a lot a lot, lot of centre-halves in uh this uh this uh collection I don't I was going to say several of them are my favourites to be fair Paul Cook yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
but for me, I think the thing is for me when I was younger to, to kind of sum up kind of probably a little bit how obsessed I was. I used to well, I used to play up front through my youth football and stuff. I had a crew cup, yeah, um, bully cut, wore yeah. number nine. I had quasar boots, just like Bully had at the time. <laughs> and modeled effectively even the way this is this is really embarrassing to admit publicly but even the way he would run he had this kind of way of running everything was modeled on bully so <laughs> that, that there must be countless balls fans who did the same i know like but bully was slightly before my time but knowing people again sort of just that five years older than myself and you know say well you could go to a hairdress and you could ask for a bully cut or it'll be like you know <laughs> yeah. you get trim grade bully cut and just people would not and all those sort of little things and you know i, I find it's thrown out of that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i would say so we can't move on to yourself louise because i sort of alluded to your journey into being a wall fan and your connection with the club is sort of very different and a lot more recent i guess yeah it is so, um, well, I kind of married into a Wolves family, um, my family being pretty much Ipswich supporters, apart from my dad, who's Burnley, because he's from Lancashire. Um, uh, yeah, I wasn't particularly interested in football, um, not, not until um, I, well, it, it came from uh, a painting I did for Chris of uh, Reuben. Um, his favourite player and it kind of it spiralled since then the journey that's where the the journey for me really started so it's been really it's all encompassing around uh, my art and it's brought and it brought our two passions together um, football for him art for me Um, we didn't I didn't see it coming really so from that um, painting I did a collection of um paintings say 13 paintings which uh, were then auctioned off uh, to raise money for cure leukemia um that was basically again, steve, Pond, steve wasn't plants it? um uh, uh raising, raising money for a car mm. um so that's that's the kind of beginning of of my journey uh with wolves um and so really the last three years or four seasons um I've been very much um entrenched really within walls. Uh most so I'll, I've gone to most of the uh, uh home games um well, when they've been in the premiership um and we've met so many people, players, fans, uh the wolves team, staff, um lots of stories from like the press room because when when we've been we've we've gone to um the press room which has been a really great experience to have it's like Um, it's kind of like the um the ticket you can't buy but it's just because obviously the the louise's links are in with the media team yeah yeah uh just yeah there's connections by from doing the programs um yeah the the programs came very much out of that first collection I did um, to raise money for cure leukemia. Um, and then obviously doing the two seasons. So my life has been very busy um, in and around Wolves. So I've got to learn the, all of the players' names um, and particularly 
other players as well during the first season because I had to paint both a um, a Wolves player and an away away side player. So I got to know the teams of the other the other Premiership uh, teams. Chris helped me with the image selection because that's quite a job in itself, actually. So it used to say something like. So, no, yes, I was say, so you've got the first one, haven't you? In front of you. The yeah. first one's this one. Um, so it would be very difficult for me in our, on my own to um, find the right images, find the right players with my limited knowledge. So Chris has been really useful for like, um, which player do I use to go with Cody? And at the time, I, I probably didn't, uh, back then, didn't really know who's who were who in, even on the Wolves team I do now um so my 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 interest has really been quite gradual um but I can't help but be um completely um interested and uh it's sort of I've, I've absorbed so much and so um so my life now is still in and around wolves, painting wolves, past and present. Um, so it's been a, a rich, a really rich experience of uh, understanding and growing in my uh, knowledge of the wolves team. Much more so, really, in the last few years. As I say, it, there are a couple of things that I find fascinating. Uh, with that, I, I, in terms of sort of when it kind of started for yourself, because it started when wolves were good. Um, which yes. unlike so many other people, because I say it's politely, a lot of people start supporting Wolves, let's say when, when they're kids. So for a lot of uh, people, it's usually when Wolves weren't particularly good. Uh, and it's just something you, you just almost have since birth in a way. And you just develop and you go, go through the heartaches and the aches and the pains. And even a lot of content stuff usually comes at a, downward curve for Wolves sometimes so you know the fan cast for example we it originally started sort of the time we got relegated from Premier League um well I was going to say under McCarthy under Terry Connor that sort of era and we only really started to get traction when we were in League One because the fan base was at its lowest ebb and it was just crying out for something a bit different um as I say it's fascinating that you've almost kind of caught the what felt at the time was the top of the way for Wolves back in the Premier League. And it's just kind of gone up and up and up. And, you know, your, I guess, profile and your work is kind of almost correlated really nicely with, I guess, the trajectory of the club in recent years. But it, 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 yeah. was actually, it was actually, I would say, that if you look at the Fosun era, so that obviously kicked off in the Championship, that is... It's not the Louise era, that sounds too grand, but that's the era. <laughs> that's yeah. the era in which Louise has been um, tied, uh, tied in with her artwork. What's really interesting, I didn't know if to say this or not, but just, just to sort of throw in here as well, just because I think it is relevant. But, um, but the month before she painted that first painting of Ruben. Um, um, Shall I? I have got that. It's just down here. So yeah. This is the first painting I've I... So this was the one that went onto social media. This is the first painting I painted. 
Um, yes, I remember it. Do you remember that, do you? Yeah, because I, I was going to say, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I remember. That. Yeah, I'm sure I remember you um, sh- getting shared well by yourself on social media, Chris. It was like it, that's it, right. I was going to say, I'll say this verbatim. Apologies. It was almost like my wife's done me this magnificent painting, and she's not a Wolves fan or something like that, wasn't it? And it, it was almost like, how could she almost do such an amazing job painting a play? Almost she because you've always just painted a person. In a way, well, but the interesting thing is, okay, um, is that yeah, the month before she painted that painting, so we both we both have quite a strong faith, and so we're both Christians. And the month before she painted that, January, um, so I painted that in February. That's it in the January. I actually prayed because basically we both work for ourselves. Hmm. Um, I was at the time working in IT recruitment, running my own company. Louise was doing her own art business, but nothing to do with football. It was mainly. Commission-based pets, yeah. families, portraits, that kind of stuff, and um, and but yeah, we were also both involved in church, but in very different ways. And so, my, my kind of prayer at the time was um, sort of open up an opportunity to kind of bring us closer together in terms of the time. So even when we're at home, we both work from home. It's still quite separate. And um, what I was expecting, like, was probably leading a youth group or an eighteen to twenty-five group at church or something like that. And then, however people, you know, however people perceive it, a month later, Louise paints this painting. I place it onto social media. Um, the next morning, we said there could be something in this, not actually thinking back to that prayer at the time. Um, and then ever since then, the last four seasons, basically 95% of our working time is, war- is Wolves and Louise's art. Yeah. And I just find that very interesting. And yeah, I know it, feels, it, feels, it feels not... It feels too big to kind of leave out of this type of conversation, really. No, it's re- that's really interesting that, you know, you're, you're looking for something, I guess, to say, give give more meaning, bring you together, and, you know. Yeah. Just for our worlds to cross over. Yeah. So yeah. And both... this, this would have been the only thing that I perhaps would... would have brought us together was football and art, but wouldn't have known how. <laughs> and everything that's yeah. happened since is like, yeah, it's really quite hard to get your head around in terms of, you know, so we can share some of those stories as we go, but it, just everything that's happened since, we wouldn't have, as Louise said earlier, we wouldn't have seen it coming. I was going to say, that, that's fascinating. I, I guess sort of, before we move on to, I guess, sort of more recent stories, the other thing that I kind of find interesting about picking up a sport later in life, particularly football. So the last couple of years, incidentally, I've got really open football. That, don't ask me why. It started with trying to watch a Super Bowl when I was at university, but it's the last game of the season. It's like trying to watch the Champions League final and go, I'm going to start getting into football now. And go, but it's not a game for four months. So a couple of years ago, I tried to get in. I've managed to just about get into it and understand the rules. But I find it fascinating sort of picking up football later in life because I say it's something for a lot of people that is ingrained and even growing up in school is a, also helps it's a very simple sport to understand but the other side of it is as you kind of alluded to there's quite a lot of players and even if you sort of just try and learn all the Wolves players names I mean if you include a development squad you you've got about 50 odd players there plus having to sort of understand the intricacies of um other people within a club the managers the coaches Mm -hmm. the hierarchy and then multiply that for every team because you know, on a weekly basis, that opposite, you know, the team you're playing against, they are the opposition, they are the rival, they are, you know, the one you want to take down. And, you know, you'll get 
people who get obsessed, well, me, I'll I'll learn what I need to learn about that team by 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 Saturday three pm by hook or by crook I'll be on uh, you know fantasy football see what their stats are like and everything like that. So was it how, how do you kind of go about I guess picking up a lot of this stuff? Was it sort of I guess sort of a lot of Chris's kind of football passion and sort of a bit of just picking up yourself then? So it it feels like I've I've done a really intense crash course over the last few years and that's mainly guided by Chris because his his knowledge is actually pretty good all rounds not just Wolves as other teams as well um I think it's because your head's quite often in football and you're talking about football to other people a lot um and I've had I've had to get my head um around it um because of of what I do with the paintings particularly the program paintings um I've needed to understand so um yeah, it's it's been, almost like been thrown in at the deep end in a good way, um, because my life became Wolf's paintings um, almost immediately, um, dropping very much the commission-based stuff um, uh, or gradually fading it out. Um, it was particularly when I was doing the two seasons of programs, hmm. Wolf's was. The Wolves paintings were primarily all I did. No, um, no time back, for anything back, else. Back, did you? back to back, back to back, back to back. No, yeah, no time for anything else. So, and literally sometimes for like Europa covers with the notice you'd get to kind of turn something around, Louise would be, or the Molyneux 130. Oh, that was, I was only given a day and a half. Well, that's oh, well, wow. probably a couple, well, two days. Yeah, but it'd be literally Louise painting to half 11 at night in the studio. And so lit- you're literally talking that going, yeah. from, going from sort of day to day, you know, consistent busyness with portrait commissions for people to suddenly pretty much parking that and everything becoming about wolves and, and obviously working to deadlines because these are the programs that are going to be out there the following Saturday. Oh, wow. I was going to say that. So it's, it is, it is, that I think it's the, it's the breadth and depth and the richness of the last three to four years, um, the interactions and, the, you know, it's so many things that have, I think, Probably Louise's experience, and, and via Louise, actually, I've experienced more in the last four years or four seasons than I would have ever experienced in my whole life as a Wolf supporter had this not happened. Yeah. That's, oh, well, that's kind of to try and sum it up, I guess. It's really weird. It, I find it quite strange when I, um, when I watch football because for, for all of the, the Wolves players, pretty much, I've studied their faces for hours. <laughs> so I feel like I know them really well. Um, so, and it, yeah, there is something strange about just watching the people that you have painted um, and spent so long looking at. So, I, so, um, so getting to know the, the names and that, um, I picked up really quick. Um, and it's nice to be able to watch a game to know who, who they all are and their names. Definitely. No, that, that, that's really interesting. Uh, say, sort of uh, developing a, I guess, a closer relationship to the players via art as well. Because uh, I, I'm, I'm in between. You've got a photo of Connor Cody. It only sort of popped up today because I know as as we're recording it, it's his birthday. And yes, she, I, I was going to say. I was going to say I don't know him. I've met, I've interviewed him once, so it almost sort of fall apart from that. But I shouldn't really know when this bloke, who is essentially a stranger to me, when his birthday is, how many kids he's got, and all of this. But you've seen, I, 
again, it's a different kind of type of player because his personality just exhumes with everything mm. he does. But we almost know so much about these players a lot of the time, personality-wise. And for yourself, you you view players almost through this kind of very different prism a lot of the time, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my my journey actually um, has been um, enhanced um, because of um, the relationship that I that we have built with um, the players um, personally. Um, and so, um, and if, if anything's going to bring me um, closer together with something or feel a part of something, it's, it's the building relationships with the people. Um, so that strengthened my um, personal um, bond with Wolves is that um, the relationships with the, the fans, particular fans on social media, uh, the players themselves, um, it's the interactions that, that I've had. And I think as well, it's, I think I'd also say with Wolves, maybe every club says this, but I definitely think with Wolves, we've seen this through tribute dinners we've been to, you know, where past players, you know, Bully, Kenny Hibbert, etc., um, match day experiences. There's something with Wolves, it feels like they really honour past players. And, and so yeah. as a result, it kind of feels like we've entered this world of connection, not just with the current crop, but with legends from years gone by. And I, I find that really fascinating because, again, it's not the type of exposure we would have, I would have had had this no, not and happened. I, I think I'm in danger of perhaps taking it for granted because as soon as I stepped into this space, I had the connection, I started having the connections with all sorts of different people. So um, I could almost take it for granted that's well, I know that's not what everybody experiences, but that's what certainly what I've experienced. It's almost like um, I said, I wrote, for example, when we get go into the press room, have a meal pre-game, go in, sit, sit in the press seats. The only the, the biggest disadvantage of sitting in the press area, particularly for my personality, is that you you can't really celebrate. You can't react, can you? No. That, that's, you, can't, you can't wear walls. I find, that, I find that really hard. And um, but actually I just said to Louise, it's really important you you understand and appreciate that. This isn't usually how I watch football. Usually yeah, we yeah. go to the chippy. Yeah. We wouldn't get fed. Yeah. And it's actually, to be fair, there's positives to both. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was there's something say, about yeah, being yeah. in with the fans. There's something about being in with the, you know, I suppose back in the day in the South Bank, et cetera, um, when it was standing, you know, oh, terrace. I, I feel really lucky to have met um, so many um, notable figures, say Mel Eves, um, even Chris Kamara was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Jack, Jackie Oatley, um, oh, Lindsay Hooper. Um, there's been lots of people, it's been quite but a few. also players like you just, you know, we sit, we sit in the press room and you sat opposite. For me, you know, put in mind my obsession with balls growing up, you know, I'm sort of sat opposite Don Goodman, who, who like, and just chatting, chatting about his, um, his press duties that day and stuff like that. And I'm just like, this is just surreal. Yeah. Another funny example would be we had a there was a tribute dinner for Steve Bull, which again Steve Plant had um, organised. There they was superb those tribute dinners, and um, on our table sat next to Louise was Graham Turner. Yeah, and I I didn't know who I, I didn't know who, <laughs> didn't know who it was. <laughs> and so and so chatting away to Graham Turner. I'm just sitting here thinking, hold on. So this is the guy who brought Bully Handy Thompson to the club and as we were growing up, kind of brought us out of this phase of like, you know, I don't, was he actually manager for Chorley? But do you know what I mean? He was bringing us out of a really Yeah, he, he was very period. much one who kind of 
drew drove for renaissance i guess into the at least into the early 90s and out of That's i guess the, the lower doldrums back to where walls kind of should be at the sort of the top of the second division yeah that's it and so for him he was such a key part of that journey and i'm just thinking i'm just you know if you imagine stepping back in that situation i'm thinking there's hold on there's me sat here then there's louise then oh sorry there's me then there's graham turner then there's louise and louise just chatting away to him not quite realizing that i'm sitting there just like with starry eyes yeah but no he's such a lovely bloke and you know and met robbie dennison that night and paul cook was there Lots of other people. sitting on the table with the, um, oh, what's his name? The, the the chap that's now in charge of a lot of stuff at Wolves. Oh, Russell, Russell, Russell Jones, the general Russell manager. Jones, yeah. yeah. And the comedian, he was there. That's right. So just, yeah. And so I think it's trying to get that across as well. The fact that this is just surreal. It's not surreal for Louise, but it's surreal for me. And I was going to say, it's really interesting that, I guess, sort of, Again, Luigi, you always just view them as people, whereas you, Chris, you always you view them as your idols, which you know you you, you almost certainly will do. And but I think you'll probably kind of agree with me that actually, as soon as you start speaking to them, we've been really fortunate with Fancast. Like you know, we we've got the chance to interview a few of these players over the years. You know, we uh, got to interview Cody Stearman, Dave Edwards, Jack Price, sort of that. As I say, a very sort of similar mould of players, and the club were really yep. good in terms of saying these are the ones who will be good for you. But you realise they're just normal, they're just normal guys. Yes. Uh, you know, after about ten minutes, when you kind of get over the, oh my god, he's a Wolves player. Oh my god, yeah. and then you go, actually, no, you know, um, mm. Dave Edwards joking to us about how bad his football manager stats are and stuff like that. You can't go, actually, you know, again, same with Connor Cody and just. He's just a incredible normal guy, very, very outgoing and stuff like that. And he, you know, if he was in any other walk of life, he'd excel at what he did, and he'd almost certainly be a manager, uh, you know, of a team in a workplace. But he'd just be normal. You wouldn't see him as a footballer. If he we very much, um, we very much found that talking to, um, well, probably also the English players, just because. Um, with the, the Portugal players, there is a not as a language barrier, but the the conversation was is probably They're slightly more introvert. I'm yeah, saying. and so the players like um, Ryan Bennett, um, he was just normal to talk to. Um, Gibbs White, yeah, Louise with um, Gibbs White. So Gibbs White was basically we, we gave oh yeah yeah. So last season, the Premier when Louise did the black background, the second season, the black background portraits. We were in Molyneux reception, often meeting players before the game, or sorry, sometimes before the games. He was injured at that point, or after the game. Um, we met Bob Gibbs right before the game to give to hand over his painting that he bought off Louise, and um, and just with you know, so that, that's Paul in itself, you know. And so, yeah. But then, as we as we um, start talk to him, Louise says to him, "Oh, do you realise? Do you you've realise still got, you've still got your tag on your shoes?" So he had these nice white trainers. <laughs> and these nice white trainers. So you realise you still have this tag on your trainers. Yeah, you he did have a big tag. It was on like it was like... actually like this long, wasn't it? It's was quite. Quite a big... And I'm thinking, well, surely he knows that there's a tag on it, but maybe he doesn't. <laughs> and, and he was like, that's how it's supposed it's to be. fashion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, okay. it was just fashion. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But, but just, just, yeah, just little things like that. And I think, but, but at the same time, I think I'm with you now in the sense that whilst I don't ever take for granted this kind of, these connections into the players, I think at the same time, you do get to realise quite quickly, do you know, there are idols, but they're just normal, good guys. I think Wolves yeah. at the moment have a really good group of guys characters oh yeah 
someone I forgot to mention, uh, Paul, um, John Ruddy, such a lovely guy, really yeah. lovely. Um, his whole his family as well. So we've we've met him a few times. Um, yeah, can't speak highly enough of, of him. He's probably uh, one, yeah one of my favourites. Um, we actually gave, up there with Nevers. Um, we actually gave so we actually gave Ruddy um, gave John um, a print. We seen him in the corridor outside the press room after a game hmm. and said to, just went up to, just went up to him and just said to him, "Oh, um, so my wife does the paintings on the cover." And she got chatted to him and his other half and said, "Oh, would you you know would you like a print? We'll give, we'll give it to you. You don't have to pay for it." Type thing. And they were just blown away by the gesture. The next thing we know, or a couple of months later, Louise gets a message and saying, "Well, would you like our box for the Brighton game? Like, we, oh, wow. you know, we can't use it as a family and stuff like that." And it's not—it's not about the fact that he did that, but but through that and through the conversations on the stairwells with individuals like him, you just get to see like because you know, sometimes sometimes Reddy gets a hard time from fans, and I think. I watch him as he. Well, I watch him on the TV as he's kind of like clapping people in or shaking their hands as yeah. they kind of choke, come to change. I think it's a bit like when Danny Bat was at Wolves towards the end, got a hard time. But you look and think of the influence on the club. You yeah. can't just have a. You can't just have a group of Portuguese guys. You kind of uh, they get you know they're settling into the country, but you need certain. Yeah. Core I bet he's such a great. Person around. Around yeah. I mean, I, I've I've seen sort of very similar clips of when they're coming into a dressing room. He's, you know, he's high fiving them all, kind of as they go in at half time or at full That's time. It. And I, I think it's interesting you say that. And I think Walls have tried really hard um, I, I, under foes. And actually, I think probably as a culture generally, they've got it wrong a couple of times and a couple of notable examples. But they like to buy people with kind of good character characteristics and yeah, sort of, yeah. of of good stock so to speak and um i think particularly under nuno under the Fosun regime they haven't had many who have been sort of you know people who will upset the apple cart and i feel like it's to be fair i think it's a football thing in general to a to a degree and i think it's a lot of people trying to change the kind of a culture because um, i know man city is very similar and that after they got money, they got quite a few bad apples in. So the likes of Balotelli, Adebayor, Tevez, and you, you're just you're going to get a very toxic environment very quickly. But now they only sign very few players, and they are really selective to make sure that they they, they will bring you no bad PR and stuff like that. And I think you know you, you even see like Neto in his interview last week. Was it about you know his mum telling him to shoot more? And don't get me wrong, it's, it's fun PR. But it does kind of show that they're really nice people at the end of the day, which is what you've got to. Shows as well how young he is. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean, but in a good way, in the sense of yeah. look at what he's delivering and look how young he is. So yeah. Um, I was going to say, sort of um, for yourselves and what, uh, apart from I guess the the first uh, program and a couple of the first instances, what are sort of sort of the notable moments for yourselves over the last couple of years on sort of your, I guess, sort of your journey adventure in terms of for walls art. Um, notable, notable moments. Um, so in terms of games, mm. um, I would say the game that we mentioned with the my with my first program cover, but yeah. the other one that stands out would be the the quarter final um, against Man U at Molyneux. It was the atmosphere, it was the atmosphere yeah. that that really kind of um, blew me away a bit. Just um yeah it was it was you, you could not get feel but caught up in it um yeah 
uh, it was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, that one. And um, I mean, that one, my the programme for that was very, very different as well. Uh, it went down really well, if I remember. You've got it there, I think, actually. That's oh, yeah. the um, Solskjaer and Nuno. Yeah, so that was... That was in amongst all the white okay. programs, but um, they wanted something different, so it, I did it with the black backgrounds, which prompted okay. the next season. This one, yeah. Um, uh, what else? I'll, t- I'll give you another. another... Oh, Wembley. Oh, yeah. That... that that was definitely pre-match. Um, it, yeah, yeah, more the pre-match. <laughs> <laughs> so we went. We went to the Wembley. Um, me, you, and Semi-final. our daughter came to that one. Yeah, because Josh was actually um, in Barcelona with his school at the time. She was really affected at the end. When we lost. Yeah, she was She was like, oh, is this what it's like? Because <laughs> I don't think she'd really experienced anything like that before. Um, uh, the build-up was brilliant. Um, that was like the fan zone they had, just that. Just yeah. The, yeah. The Wembley way. Couldn't, couldn't forget that one. And it, it was very strange for me. So I had a number of people coming up to me um sort of who knew who I was and I was just I was quite taken back um by that, that sort of reaction I didn't wouldn't have thought that so many people would actually recognize um my face <laughs> who I, am. I think I think one of the one of the um moments for me I'll remember uh, over the last two or three years it's very well I it's very funny actually where um Louise had done this Louise had done this um, commission for. So Louise had done this commission for um, for Ruben, um, and it unusually Ruben usually asks for commissions of his family. Do you know what I mean? He's not someone yeah. who wants pictures of himself um, and his football all around the house. But she'd done this. Um, it's one point two meter square. I don't know if you can see that. Okay. Um, that was the when he scored against Man United in the in what was that? The, that was that quarter final actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a free, it looks like a free kick actually, but I think that was just the moment he actually um, got the ball, I think the ball came across to him on the edge yeah. of the area and he put it top corner. Anyway, that's in Molyneux reception again where we were handing over the painting. And um, and we to get this painting, because it's 1.2 I mean, metres square, we yeah. had to borrow Louise's dad's car. It wouldn't car. just fit in any old car. wouldn't fit in my focus, we had to borrow his car to oh, get okay. up to, um, <laughs> to Molyneux. And after the game, so we were chatting to him in reception. I just, I just said to him, Ruben, would you, do you want us to actually come to your car just to make sure it fits? Yeah. And he said, oh, if you don't mind. So the first cool part of that was we went left out of Molyneux reception, sort of as you come into Molyneux reception, we went left and we'd never been that way. Um, and you go through the players, where, the place where the tunnel is for the players. Mm. And so as we were walking through, it was the day we'd lost 5-2 to Chelsea, I think where oh, okay. um, Vallejo played centre-back. And we were, yeah, we're walking, we're walking through um, this press either side, so I don't think we almost should have been there. There's the media guy, uh, Max, looking at us, thinking kind of, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> Look at a painting. I'm walking, walking with this big painting through, and then we walk, and Tammy Abraham's on his mobile phone in the um, tunnel area. Then we're walking down the side. There's Ruben Renegra post-match. Anyway, we get, we get to the South Bank, and we've got to get up the steps to get through to the other side where the player's car park is. And Ruben says, oh, do you want some help? And at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly overweight and I'm kind of thinking, oh, man, I actually could do as well. So it's Ruben carrying the front of the painting, me the back, and I feel like the Chapel Brothers, if you remember who they are. Yeah. And then got to, as we come into the player's car park, the other side, there's the opening at the end where the, um, where the fans stand trying to get autographs of players. And so fans are looking in here. There's me and Louise walking on this painting. And we, we approached Ruben. As soon as we saw his car, we thought that's no not chance. going in We're there. just thinking that isn't, but we tried. We, we, he, we, he thought it would. <laughs> we, we honor. We try. We try to get it in there, um, and 
as we're trying to get in there, it's blatant, it's not going to go in there. Then Ruben Van Egrup and his other half pull up just behind. So do you want to try and get in our car? And so we tried to get it in their car. Could we get it in there? Yeah, and, you know, we're not we're not special enough to have a car park um, place at Molyneux. So we we I then say to Ruben, oh, do you want do you want me to bring it to your house, or do you want us to bring it to your house? And he says, yeah, if you don't mind. And so we dropped off a commission at his um, house before, but he had to. I didn't have it, uh, his address on me, so he gave me his address again. We then walked a mile down the road to West Park, where we were, where our oh, car was. Yeah, this big painted thing. I don't want to damage this. And um, then we drive to his house, and he he's really, really grateful. He comes out and he gives Louise this. Hold on a second. So he brings this out for Louise as a thank you. Oh, wow. Which is, is that- basically his it's sort of embra- em- embroidered um, just here with the match. From, it was from about a month earlier where yeah. he obviously played for Portugal. So his match shirt. And he brought that out and just said, I just, you know, just gave, gave, didn't give it to you. me, I actually gave it to Louise as a thank you for us kind of obviously going the go extra the mile extra. to bring it. I mean, he's, he's such a lovely guy. Really lovely guy. But yeah, so for me, for me, that was a, for me, that was a um, very unusual, but very, sur- very surreal moment. <laughs> Completely. Try, yeah, you know, we, I was going to say, try to sort of fit something in the back of a car where you know it's not going to fit. It doesn't matter if you're a footballer or a salesman or whatever. We've all been there and it is a nightmare, especially if, you know, you've got people waiting for you. And so, you know, I think it's, it, it stands testament to yourselves and and to him in a, a way. Um, I, I was going to say, before we kind of finish up, the only other point I'd sort of had, um, I've been sort of thinking about, is alongside yourselves, it's always been a, a slightly different, but um, similar, I guess, a, a, an influx of really, really fantastic sort of graphic design artists who are Wolves fans as well, have kind of cropped up in recent years as well. And I find it fascinating that, uh, I guess, uh, around the same time, forgive me if I'm incorrect, I don't know whether it necessarily started with yourself or I guess similar times, sort of the, the amount of, I guess, sort of really strong, I guess, creative wall stands there are at the moment out there. Um, yes. and, you know, mm-hmm. in, in particularly it, it, from an artwork perspective as opposed to, I guess, creative from doing a, you know, a middling podcast. Definitely. Well, I think, well, I think, um, so Ben, who's doing the programmes this season, I think he, I think his, well, the first one I remember seeing from him was um, the off the back of the Wembley um, semi-final. Yeah. I think he did one of Raoul. Yeah, I remember. Um, really good, a really good kind of like photo montage and um, graphic design around it. And so, so, so Ben obviously, but there's there's others I've seen like I think it's Paul we, Maskew. We knew of um, Jodie Craddock's um, artwork, obviously. Oh, yeah, well, of course, yeah, crikey, yeah. So yeah, he was doing. I think he was doing a, a season of kind of Wolves history of mm. um, in kind of. I think his usual style is really detailed, um, which he wouldn't have been able to accommodate to a season of programs like oil paintings. And so he did kind of these oh pen and ink um, drawings, sort of cartoon style. I think the season before you were yeah, first one, wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely seems to. Be, it definitely does answer your question. It definitely does seem to be a rich. But even I would say wider than walls, just the, the the artwork space on. But it seems a lot of lots of more sort of design than kind of painters. But there seems to be a lot of emerging people yeah, who find it does. interesting. Um, over the last sort of two years, more and more, I'm seeing more football based artwork come up. Uh, not just for walls, but sort of across the teams. Mm. So it, it's it's definitely something that's growing. Um, artwork within 
uh, Wolves teams or an artist that's linked to a team. Uh, I think there's, there's even been some programmes that have uh, incorporated an artist to do their programmes um, outside of Wolves. Well, there was the, there was the, um, the guy Paul Clay for Stoke, I think, did some watercolour type stuff last season yeah. um, for no, Stoke. Okay. So it's interesting that it sort of transcends beyond Wolves, I guess. And, I, you know, I, I, I think Wolves are an incredibly unique team, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I assume like a lot of all of this does happen at other clubs as well which is interesting i would, I would say actually it's i would still say it's quite rare it in terms made, of actual yeah. programs okay it's not that not common i think wolves wolves definitely so the, the two seasons louise um did the covers the sort of premier league and europe ones sort of both mm. won awards but interest not just for the covers but for the content behind it because i yeah. think one of the things we've definitely been able to see through our links with mark um yeah, Mark Ridgeway, who does the programmes, uh, who's a programme editor, he's part of the team, but obviously leads the team who, who do the programmes, is the amount of time. Even the first season, they did like a sticker book initiative, if you remember. Yeah. yeah. And just the amount of time and um, effort that goes into trying to... Because I guess programmes, it was a thing a couple of seasons where they were thinking of, not Wolves specifically, but they were thinking of almost stopping them in the football yeah, world. Yeah, seem to put a lot of energy to kind of yeah. really keep it alive. I think Wolves have been written quite a lot of interesting things marketing wise over the past mm. well since Fosun joined and uh, again sort of little, little tidbits for the fan casket but a few of us sit on a fan experience working group and I think stuff like programs has cropped up before and a lot of the, the pre-match stuff comes up but yeah there was a point where I think they've now changed the um, regulations but for, for a god countless years clubs had to produce a program Mm. which is why they everyone does one whereas i think they've changed it now where it's not a necessity yeah. it's interesting the walls have almost lent into it to actually make sure well hang on if if it isn't a necessity let's make sure that people are really interested in it and whether you know you capture their imagination by the front cover or the content mm-hmm. that's within it i guess that's it there's, there's yeah, so it's much interesting that they they um they spanned over at least four seasons um and it was purely artwork whether digital or um painting um four seasons i don't think i don't think another club has done that and even the first season where louise did the home and away player that was really unusual yeah yeah because I, I could you can almost very much clearly see uh, programs for me growing up it used to just be sort of one player snapshot from the last game or you know mm. they'd have sort of a center feature sort of thing so that's it, it so I, in, I painted yeah. them separately and they got combined together we, okay. we, have, a desi- we have a designer we use that that does this yeah, andy's brilliant um but uh, i don't know if you i don't know if you know but um that season all of those individual paintings they were all signed by the players themselves home and away and the, those those paintings then all got auctioned for charity. Um, well, it was it was, it was, it was a mixture of charities. charities. So Good Shepherd Ministry. So we don't have any from here. They're all Race good. Against Blood oh. Cancer, um, YMCA Black Country, and um, they were chosen. Akula they were chosen by um, Carl. Carl. Yeah. And so yeah, so that's the other thing. I think part of our story really is that sort of we. To be honest with you, it sits more in the background. I just, mm. um, but but probably over the last four seasons, not when I say we, it's not actually us. Actually, it's the Wolves fans have raised like over sixty thousand for charity. Well, I was going to say I, I was I made sort of a mental note because sort of the um, 
I guess your charity work's kind of cropped up a little bit throughout this and as they sort of uh, whether it's uh, donating them or using it directly and even the um the Jimenez one just recently and the, the amount that was raised for that i do think that i think that's about eight thousand from a raffle what was it two pound a raffle two pound yeah. a ticket i think maybe that was five pound i don't know it, was, it wasn't but the but the thing is just is that this is the other thing when you talk about the sort of when we talk about louise has sort of been doing this artwork for four years it's the richness of that experience and i think part of that it's so two-way in terms of with the fans the way the fans like it's Wolves News, uh, Wolves Hyphen News Facebook page, Wolves Fancast. I think you guys actually, um, yeah, I don't know if you actually mentioned our book or not. But when we when we did this together, we are stronger. But it, it was kind of basically like how how yeah. one painting ignite how one painting ignited like a fundraising phenomenon. I think the whole journey from the start has been this sense, and there'll be a lots of other Wolves fans like Manny. There's a story around Manny as well, which is very yeah. funny. When he he basically posted a picture after the Man City game on social media on Twitter, uh, saying um, I'm going to be on the next cover, and, um, and and it was a picture of him. It's a really nice picture actually with him at the stadium in the background. That wasn't that one. It was the it was the next one. And so he posted uh, yeah. this picture. Um, yeah. And then, but yeah, was, I'm going to be on the next cover in response to Louise's post. And then he posted this picture separately. And so. Me and Louise just had a chat. We said it'd be funny just to kind of like do a mock up, really quick mock up. Yeah. So she did this, and then this was like. I was going to say, I like yeah, how, yeah, I like how you go, yeah, I'll just knock up a, you know, a, a really quick painting. <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously Manny, but it's not, you know, if she, if she was doing that properly, it would take a lot longer. But anyway, just the fun. And again, off the back of that, Manny's social media completely exploded. But there's been so many interactions like that. He had to come off a bit because at the time he wasn't used to it. But, um, wow. you know, such a fantastic bloke. But, you know, so many people, I mentioned Steve Plant a few times, fantastic bloke. And the, but, but the thing we see about Wolves fans, is, you know, there's love for the club, but they're also incredibly generous. Yeah. Because, there is, because, you know, Jason Guy, you know, Neil Taylor, these guys who have raised you know, sometimes hundreds of thousands, not tens of thousands for charity. But it's but the, the thing is, you can only do that when the supporters buy into it. And I think what there's been this unique sort of blending and sort of sparking between Louise's painting, um, the fundraising, like good causes and Wolves. And I think that's been a powerful sweet. So, so whereas now, I think we rather than doing so many auctions um, or raffles ourselves, we do occasional raffles. Yeah, they're quite time consuming. We try and feed yeah. into kind of like supporting people who we have a relationship. Some of those names I've mentioned, like and that's where the prints that we do um, become really helpful because you can kind of create special one off prints that are different to what's available in our online shop. And so what it does is it, it allows, you know, they, they use this quite good um resources i guess to be able to raise money because people connect with the artwork if you create something a bit different a bit special and you know quite a lot of money can be raised for it but it but all of that stuff has come together to really pull not just louise but myself in um so that you know even though we're three hours away in suffolk we just feel at the heart of the wolves family no com- completely and i think uh, say it it touches upon something that i think makes the club ge- genuinely special um mm. say the the amount of people who dedicate a lot of time money um and, and resources to to fundraise and it's a bit there's one thing trying to do it 
but you need people to actually donate money off the back of it. And that only comes from either people themselves and their personalities and how much they care, but also having people who are willing to kind of separate from their money, so to speak, I guess. And uh, so I think what I think it's partly, I think it's partly like the, the money that's being given, but I think there's just this generous, there's a generosity. Do you know what I mean? So it's not yeah. just about the money that's raised. It's the generosity behind the, it's the heart behind the fundraising. And I think that has the, so Steve Plant did that penalty shootout um, mm-hmm. fundraiser, which was before we Louise had come on the scene with her artwork, and it just pulled fans together. And yeah. do you know what I mean? And I think Laurie at that time, you had Laurie and Jeff who were inviting fans to the pint to the pub for a pre-match pint. Yeah. And there's this there was this kind of like togetherness that I don't that I do think makes Wolves unique, although we're obviously and biased. You can definitely see that with the Rail banner as well, and how yeah. much uh, the fans got behind the concept of creating a huge banner to kind of um, wish Rao well. Um, okay. For, for yeah. I mean, I was, I was on the fan working group when that uh, got suggested and sort of very quickly, uh, you know, I was going to say not necessarily uh, me at that point, but within the group, it, it moved very quickly into working out actually how much, how much do we need to raise and things like mm. that. And um, the printing company, whose name I've completely oh, DIS. DIS, DIS. There we go. I'll give him a little plug. Um, you know, they, they waived, I think it was either 50% of the... Well, they did it. He basically, I think he did it for 7500 which was cost price. I've got a feeling it should have been closer to like should, 15 or maybe even yeah. 20 I don't know. They, they, did, they did it for essentially half the price because it's such a huge thing. And the money, that, just to cover the cost, it was done in about an hour. And you go, Wow. Um, I know, and it just, and Kieran, Kieran Newey, who kind of organised, well, he was at the forefront yeah. in terms of the face of that, you know, was was absolutely superb. And But for Louise, I think as well, you haven't had the, the programme artwork, you know, the fundraising, but I think that the Raoul banner for her, to be because she actually designed that using five of her paintings, including yeah. the wolf, um, for her to have her artwork blown up, because obviously Ben's got his um, brilliant the, montages the long behind long in the yeah. South Bank. Um, low boss wolves have the, um, the a couple. There's a like the hour of darkness come up line. I think there's another one, and then for Louise to have her artwork yeah, for our features, that was for you. It's huge, wasn't it? Yeah, that that was. It's almost sad. the cherry the top cherry on top of the icing of mm. the journey, really. Yeah, and we're, we're like, going back when you were talking about memorable, notable moments, that that is up there definitely. The the banner. Um, and seeing that on the TV because obviously we haven't been able to go there. To I was going to say that that's probably been the one, di- uh, the, the one disappointment, I guess, for it is that this magnificent, huge uh, piece of work. And mm. you know, well, we've all viewed it, but I don't think we've seen it. Would that be the right way around, if you know what I mean. Yes, like, no, you mean. Yeah, we've we put we've put a request in, or can we have one of the sections? But goodness <laughs> knows what we do with it. Well, we I was going to say, I'd be fascinated. <laughs> I think it would take up probably wrap it around put the it studio. <laughs> No, our neighbours might not like that one. I was going to say they might not be as keen. Um, I mean, we sort of summed up, I guess, sort of what being a Wolves fan means to yourselves um, in in terms of, I guess, for togetherness. So, I I guess, sort of, what I'll end it on, and I'm fascinated at this point because we've talked about how, since Louise, you've kind of been um, associated with the club and being a supporter, it's been an upward rise. But I guess this season has been very different in a way and almost Chris could probably relate to this more but it's been very indifferent uh this season so uh, you know just, just to kind of almost get right up to it here and now sort of 
I guess, how, how are you finding sort of Wolves at the moment? I guess, are you sort of feeling a bit indifferent or are you feeling a bit more positive now? We've got a couple of couple of good results and we're sort of sitting a bit, I was going to say, nicely in mid-table now. So a lot of what I see is through social media. Um, and I know how toxic that can be. Yeah. Um, and I think I've really recently realised how not all fans um but mm. some fans how fickle that environment that environment can be um in terms of what's said um do you think as well that it's the fact that because we because people can't go to games they can't they can't you know whereas you usually get rid of the kind of frustration of the pub after the game we wouldn't because we'd be on our way back to Suffolk but for most people and whereas at the moment you can't watch the games there's the frustrations of what's happening on the pitch. And next thing you know, you, you're unloading without thinking, you're just keyboarding, you know, yeah. or using your phone. And But um, but yeah, just, just another thing as well, just as a side point, you, you, Louise could show you the latest painting that she's done. She's continued to paint walls past and present. And um, yeah, and she's done a painting, but she hasn't actually shared oh, the yeah, finished result of it. So oh, you can fantastic. It yes. It hasn't been shared on social yet. But it's quite a special moment in um, the world's journey. So, hold on. She's sitting here. I just... There you oh, go. So that's, that's the one I've, I've very recently completed. Oh, fantastic! I hopefully oh, you know who it is. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. So Jackie, who it is? I'm say I'm, I'm 28. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's kind of like I think that's. I just still want to get to the end of the. Because I said to Louise, that'd be really cool to be able to just share that because she hasn't actually shared it. She only finished. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. And um, but yeah, it's, I think it's that. Is that keeping? I think the, the sort of in terms of what now as well. I think part of it is about because ninety five percent of your time is basically Wolves now. So I suppose what does it mean for Louise to be a Wolves fan? Part of that is well, it means most of her most of her day, most of her week is painting Wolves players, past yeah. and present. But I think that's yeah. the thing we've talked about, isn't it? Kind of like it would be good to almost capture Wolves history on canvas. Yeah. Not in one canvas, but on multiple yeah, canvases. Because yeah, because I feel that my art today has mainly been around the current players. Um, so it's it's been nice um, more recently to kind of go back with with Chris's help as to the knowledge of the who to paint and which which uh, pictures to um, or which images are would be best to paint in relation to. Are they the most popular ones? Like, for instance, that Sir Jack, we went through a whole variety of images. And actually, Chris, you were very much, this is the one that, that, that he was feels people, connects yeah, well I with think, the fans. That was the yeah. moment we kind of believed when he did that to the camera. I was going to say, like, it's interesting because I've only just put it all together because obviously it's just, a, it's like we for anyone who's listened to this audio-wise, uh, we're, we're recording this on Zoom. And I could see the rosette just in the corner next to Louise. Like, <laughs> is that some sort of award it's she's got? Yeah. And and just uh, it's just sort of there. But I've realised it's it's um, it's the rosette he was wearing on the day. And it's, yes, only taken, it. it's only taken me up until now to sort of piece well, it no, together. You, we, no, we haven't, a lot of this stuff we no, haven't talked about, have no, we? No. So it's, it's, um, such an icon, it's such an iconic photo. Um uh, of Sir Jack, you know, with the thumbs up as well. So, yeah, but it's, it's, and it's not a photograph, though, interestingly. Is it? That was, um, it was never a photograph. It's a still. It's like a TV still, I think, at that yeah. time. There was no photograph been taken, which is why the, the source material isn't very sharp. And it, it, it wouldn't be one, an image that I would have picked off my own back because it isn't very clear. But it is the best. Um, it's the moment of Sir Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so far, but it, oh, and then you've got kind of Pedro. 
Pedro above. It's sort of old and new, and I think that kind of sums it up, really. Do you know what I mean? I was going to say it's very much sort of. I was going to say from sort of a very defining point of Wolves' recent history up until up until now, I guess. Then absolutely fantastic. Well, thank you very much both for joining me today. It's been fascinating to learn again about how you've been Wolves fans and again very unique which I wasn't necessarily expecting you know an hour ago that it would be that you've grown up in Sussex uh Suffolk even and having to get a two and a half hour bus up to Molyneux to you know some of the fantastic things that have came across your artwork from today so thank you very much for joining us today thank you for having us we really appreciate it great nice to meet you as well I was going to say and hopefully uh, we can kind of catch your thoughts along the season uh, as in the next coming weeks as well Look forward to it. Thanks, Rich. Much appreciated. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Matt from Wolves Fancast here. If you're anything like me, time is of the essence these days. How am I meant to take training with my wonder kids on the managerial football simulation game that I'm not allowed to mention for legal reasons if I'm too busy worrying about my online media presence? Well, that's where our friends at PixelYetiMedia.com come in. They're not just web designers. They're a creative agency that cover all of your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So go check them out at PixelYetiMedia.com. They'll get you set up quicker than a Dharma Traore running at a terrified left back. Speaking of which, who's got my baby oil?